Welcome to Decoding Superhuman. This show is a deep dive into obsessions with performance and how to improve the human experience. Twice a week, I explore the latest science, technology, and tactics with experts in various fields of human optimization. I'm your host, Boomer Anderson. Enjoy the journey. Superhumans. 2019 has been a concerted effort on my part to spend less money on technology, to spend less money on gadgets, to spend less money on supplements, and instead seek out the natural, seek out the free, and look for alternative ways to achieve and sustain high-performance states without throwing down my American Express card. But, and this is a but, occasionally, There's a technology that comes along that excites me so much, that has so much data behind it, that I just say, hey, take my money. And after that happened, I reached out to the company and said, hey, can you come on my podcast? And I was flattered when they accepted the invitation. My guests today are Ratna Singh and Ulrich Demfley, the co-founders of Carol. And Carol is an artificially intelligent, highly specialized, custom-built exercise bike. Move over Peloton. There's a new queen in town. But what did we get into on the podcast? Well, we talked about how you can actually get an effective workout in two 20-second sprints. If you're doubting that statement, by the way, I put this thing to the test first at Health Optimization Summit, and Rahul from Carol took me through a workout and it just kicked my ass. We talk about why it kicked my ass. Reduce exertion, high-intensity interval training. Ulrich explains the pathways in which Carol works that allows for that adaptation. Ratna gets into why you may not want to try to do this yourself on something like an assault bike. And of course, we talk about how the Carol works, as well as new features coming out soon. The show notes for this one as well as the discount code, which you're going to really want to check that out, are at decodingsuperhuman.com slash carol, that's C-A-R-O-L. Enjoy my episode with Ulrich and Ratna from Carol. A couple of weeks ago, we were all together at Health Optimization Summit, and I had the opportunity to try an exercise program which promised a very fast workout, and I was very skeptical. But I've heard a lot about this device, so I went ahead and did it anyway, and I must say it kicked my ass. So I'm very happy today to have Ratna and Ulrich from Carol on the show. Thank you guys for joining. Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. And I didn't expect it to be so hard. And it's only 40 seconds. Can you really get a good workout in 40 seconds? Um, The answer is an unequivocal yes. And um, I think your experience is testament to that, right? Mm -hmm. I'm saying that even though I I know I've been beaten up by your bike. (laughs) (laughs) Carol wasn't kind. Um, Look, you know, it is a bold claim, but we wouldn't have made it 
if we were not 100% certain from a scientific perspective. We're not trying to sell any snake oil here. We're actually trying to make an impact on the global inactivity problem. And frankly, getting ourselves healthy because we are our target market. We're not the kind of people who spend hours in the gym. We don't care about you know, spinning classes. We don't care about community relating to sport. We just want to get it over and done with so that we can enjoy our lives doing what we love to do with friends, family, hobbies, whatever. So does it work? Well, there's 10 years of uh, research, all independently conducted, um, published in prestigious peer-reviewed journals, and more recently with the American Council on Exercise, who took our product, our, our protocols and compared it to government guidelines of 150 minutes of exercise a week. And we outperformed on every single parameter, double the gains in fitness, double the gains in good cholesterol, double the gains in um, you know blood sugar reduction, insulin, waist circumference, you name it. It outperformed on every measure. And what was the most important was that we in- Increased, or rather, we decreased the um, risk profile of the people by almost 132% more than what the government guidelines say. So, to me, you know, that's a randomized controlled trial conducted by a completely independent public body and has been published in peer reviewed journals. And we've got thousands of people testifying to how well Carol works. So, the answer is yes. Of course, people don't want to believe it because it's like, um, it's a bit like telling you that, you know, everything you've been doing is wrong. We're not saying it's wrong. We're just saying that it's, there's a better, more effective way if time is your enemy and you want a very good workout. Or even if time is not your enemy, Carol is a stronger, more potent workout to anything that you're doing right now. And you will get more gains in much shorter time. Okay. So we have a lot of people listening to this who have no time. And I want to go back a little bit into the science because you said that there's decades of it. And so when we're talking about reduced exertion, high intensity training, as I understand it, or high intensity interval training, can you walk through a little bit of the science behind this and how you, eventually I want to get to the discussion on how you discovered it, but can we start with just the science, how it exactly works? Yeah, so <clears throat> I think the scientists don't know exactly how all of it works. What they do know and what they do say is that it's a very potent stimulus. What we do know, I will talk about in a moment. And um, and it all starts off with people trying to really solve a problem, which is, you know, millions of people around the globe, in fact, the majority of the population does not exercise enough. And what does that does is it's causing a lot of um, friction with healthcare systems. Um, our healthcare system, your healthcare system will be on its knees in the next few years if we don't do something about inactivity, which is a major contributor to the chronic diseases that will get just about everybody as they age. And so scientists have been trying to find a a solution because when you ask people why they don't exercise, they say, I just don't have the time or it's too boring or it's too inconvenient. And so they've come up with a new innovation. And yes, it is wild, but it's true and it works. And the science of it is very simple. Well, the, the bit that we know anyway, we target the biggest sugar stores in your body, which are your muscles in your thighs. 
Now, the sugar stores there are either burnt locally or they are sucked in from your blood and stored locally for burning later on. Mm-hmm. And the reason that happens is because of our um, evolutionary need to run away from, you know, danger. And um, what we wanted to do was to make sure we have enough supplies so that we could get the hell away from the saber-toothed tiger. So jogging is not natural for humans because think about it. If you were out there in the savannah, you know, jogging all day long and suddenly a tiger came looking for you, you would not have the energy to run away. And as a species, we'd be extinct. So we're supposed to walk or run for our lives. And that's what we bring back to you. We bring back the evolutionary method for um, improving your fitness, which works very, very well, because that's what nature intended. So when you have, back to the sugar, sorry, when you have um, the depletion in the sugar um, in your thighs, and we cause a rapid depletion in sugar, mm-hmm. and it's measured, and you can see it, Boomer, I'm sure you saw it when you did it at the Health Optimization Summit, but we will get you to your peak power within the first five to 10 seconds of the first sprint. And you will only be able to hold that peak power for a fraction of a second. It's physically impossible to hold it for more than that. Mm -hmm. And then you'll start to lose power. And that's because you're losing your sugar stores. You're getting tired. And by the end of the 20 seconds, we want you at absolute fatigue. If you're not at absolute fatigue, Carol will just change the resistance so she gets you there the next time you, you arrive. And when this rapid depletion in glycogen happens, we as humans, our bodies go into a panic reaction because, you know, if you don't have sugar stores, you might be eaten and as a species would be extinct. So the body sends out a message, refuel, refuel. And what happens is that sugar from elsewhere in your body is sucked back into your thighs and it's stored there for use later on. Now that has a dramatic effect on your blood sugar levels, your insulin levels. And um, that's how you, you you know, that's how we uh, say people will end up having better health clearly from a um, insulin management perspective or just sugar management perspective, but also how you lose weight. Because if you have less insulin floating around in your body, you are more likely to burn fat for energy. So that's one of the ways. The other way, clearly, is that you do need more energy production. And those things have energy is produced in tiny little you know, cells in your body called mitochondria. They're present literally everywhere, including your heart. And that's a muscle. Now, you saw, you said that, uh, you know, Carol kicked ass. Well, mm-hmm. she does push you beyond uh, your body's ability to take up and use oxygen every time. And so your body, again, has to adapt. It has to get better at using oxygen. It has to produce more energy simply because if it didn't, you would be extinct as a species. And because we are such adaptive organisms or, uh, you know, species, we have obviously survived all these years. And that's what you do. So when we trigger you, Boomer, with a stimulus of rapid glycogen depletion, your body gets the signal that you need You need uh, more efficient sugar control. You need more power. You need more energy. And your body will adapt to give you what your body is now asking of you. I hope that makes sense. And we also say that recovery is almost as important as the exercise itself because that's the time in which you adapt. And so even though it's so short, 
40 seconds that people say, oh, I want to do it every day. And we say, no, you don't need to do it every day. Three times a week is plenty. Mm-hmm. And, um, and frankly, once you've done it, Boomer, would you want to do it every day? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pretty sadistic, so maybe. But I, I'm, you know, I hear your point. My legs were very sore. And at that moment, I was training for a marathon. So it was, I didn't expect my legs to be sore, of all things. So it, it, I can see how three times a week works. Now, the, the, so this is how we, would this be the correct way to define the reduced exertion uh, high intensity training is just the three times a week for, I believe it was two periods of 40 seconds each time. Is that right? It's two periods of 20 seconds. Two, two periods of 20 seconds. Wow. I, yeah. I was overselling myself there. You, you would... Um, feels, like, you, feels like 40 minutes. It feels, it feels like forever, actually. <laughs> if, you, if you try to do the same maximum intensity levels for 40 seconds sprint, you, you would just not be able to complete it. Mm. So a 20 second sprint is, that's the, you know, like scientifically proven minimum effective dose. Mm-hmm. So this is the minimum you have to do to get to to trigger kind of all the molecular changes, the release of the the signaling molecules. Um, but you don't have to do more than twenty seconds. If you do less, won't work. Like that's not enough, and that's mm-hmm. that's really that has been shown, um, and it's it's well understood what the the chain uh, reaction is mm-hmm. that then happens there, the, the the adaptation pathway. If you do more. Uh, you, you get the same benefits. It's just, um, you know, it feels terrible. And <laughs> if you if you if you try to do two forty second sprints or even more, um, not necessary. Um, yeah, you you wouldn't be able to kind of meaningfully complete that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would feel terrible, um, and probably it would even backfire because I would predict if you if you kind of um, set yourself a target of doing forty seconds, you would just like hold back and rather than go all out. You, you would um, try to perform kind of like a you know, fairly high-intensity sprint mm-hmm. over that 40-second period. And, and that just wouldn't work because you really have to be max intensity yeah. you know, for that short period. That's the, the rapid glycogen depletion or sugar store uh, depletion is, is really important. Mm. Um, and, and that's kind of what, what triggers that fantastic adaptation pathway. Uh, is kind of the very, very rapid depletion of sugar stores. And that's really something you you don't get with, um, I would claim, with any other exercise. Yeah, because you can't guess the the resistance that's going to do it for you. And we'll come to that in a minute. But I did want to add one more thing to what Ulrich was saying. And you mentioned reduced exertion, um, high-intensity training. Mm-hmm. And you're probably saying, well, that was not reduced exertion. It, right? no, it didn't feel app. like reduced exertion. <laughs> that's for sure. Exactly. But, but the reason it's called that is because, um, and by the way, it was something that was invented by Dr. Niels Vollard, with whom we work very closely. He's a Dutchman. Um, but he lives here in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, so, so the reduced exertion is really the response to previous hit types of exercise. Um, they were all 30 seconds long. Mm-hmm. And often there were more than two sprints, sometimes three sprints, four sprints. Now, unless you're a laboratory subject paid to do this, you just wouldn't be able to do it. It was really brutally difficult, 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And so Niels went about finding what is the minimum that you need to do. 
And he looked at 10-second sprints, which are ineffective on their own to do anything. He looked at 30-second sprints, and they are way too much. Mm-hmm. He looked at 20-second sprints, and they were perfect. Exactly as Ulrich said, you had the adaptation pathways that are triggered are triggered in two 20-second sprints. Even if you do more sprints, it doesn't add anything. All it does is gets you exhausted and not want to do the ride again. So that's why it's called reduced exertion. And we see it. Most people get through it. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah. But you mm-hmm. trade time for intensity. Absolutely. Otherwise, go and jog for half an hour. You know, it's lower <laughs> intensity. It's not gonna. It's not going to hurt. But if you really want results and you want to get it over and done with, you have to trade time for intensity. And that's what we are. We are the pressure cooker of exercise. Mm. In those two 20 seconds, you are really compressed massively. And that is tailored for every single individual um, because we use formula that have been used by the Wingate Institute, by all the researchers, which, uh, which basically finds the resistance that is applicable to each individual. And that's, uh, that's designed to rapidly deplete your glycogen. But Carol goes a couple of steps further. And she um, will watch your performance in every single ride and she will adjust that that resistance because, you know, you will get fitter. So there's no point in keeping you at the same resistance. And because we have resistance control via software, we make adjustments in decimal points and we're very closely monitoring your performance. And, um, you know, the other great thing about it is that when you're doing the sprints, you have no control over the resistance. Mm-hmm. You can't change it because if we gave you that option, you would reduce it and therefore the whole exercise would be defunct. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? One thing, maybe maybe to chip in there. So, I mean, um, what, what Carol, kind of one of the key features of Carol is that, um, as Ratna said, she adjusts and personalizes and optimizes the resistance for you every every ride so um carol basically keeps you on your toes um at the same time i think the first ride is the hardest ride um and there's something so so i i use my carol every other day in the morning very religiously um and i I guess mentally um it's no longer hard for me i know exactly how it feels um it is scary. I used and, to be scared of Carol. Kind of, while while physically, uh, it, it is and remains challenging because it's adaptive and personalized. Mentally, um, it becomes less challenging. So, so I, I don't have any kind of fear. So, when I get on the bike, uh, it kind of quite the opposite. I know that eight minutes forty seconds, kind of to have done. the 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 whole protocol is done. Two twenty second periods, very very short. I think I would compare it a bit to. Uh, I don't know. Do you do cold therapy? Do you do cold showers? I, almost every day. I love yeah. Wow. So, so here too. The, the, and when I started that, the cold shower felt terrible. Really, <laughs> really, really terrible. Um, now I, I also every morning kind of have a cold shower and it just doesn't feel terrible anymore. Like it's still cold. And in fact, I, you know, kind of now it's getting winter, it's getting colder again. Um, uh, think of Carol is, is kind of she adjusts the temperature <laughs> <laughs> always to as cold as you can um, handle handle, but it's still um, kind of mentally it becomes uh, uh, like, like you 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 do get used to the mental challenge, and while it's physically always kind of like you know keeps you at your max, mentally it, it becomes a bit easier over time, I guess. 
Ulrich, I want to come back to adaptation and you guys have said a bunch of words that I'm going to double click on, including Wingate, mm. etc. cetera. But uh, when you mention adaptation pathway, mm. <clears throat> are we speaking specifically about insulin or can you walk us through some of the, the actual pathway that's activated? Yeah, so there's several pathways that are activated. And as I said, you know, the, the scientists are still trying to figure out exactly why is this potent. Some of it they know, some of it they don't know. So I'll explain a little bit about what we do know. And that is that in the first t- 10 seconds of the first sprint, you will deplete your glycogen. Mm-hmm. In the next 10 seconds of your first sprint, um, you will uh, release uh, signaling molecules, uh, AMPK being one of them. Ah, that's a magic word. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the second sprint, you will activate the uh, molecules that are going to trigger the pathways, many, many adaptation pathways, you know, sugar control, fitness, mitochondria, all of those. And the master switch there is something um, that uh, is triggered in the second sprint. So in the second sprint, um, the master switch, which is PGC1 alpha, nice little mouthful there, is um, activated. And that triggers, you know, a host of other changes that lead to a better, uh, a leaner, slimmer, fitter, healthier you. Um, Now, obviously, there's going to be multiple pathways that are they're activated because you need to get fitter, you need more mitochondria, you need better oxygen carrying capacity, you need better sugar control, insulin, all that stuff. So uh, I won't go into the details, but this is what we do know, that in the first sprint, you trigger uh, the release of signaling molecules. And in the next second, in the second sprint, you you actually activate those molecules. And, um, you know, simple things that also happen, Boomer. I don't know whether you knew this or you felt it, but a lot of people will come off the bike after they've done their sprints and they'll say, oh, my thighs feel really pumped. Mm-hmm. And it, the reason for that is the byproducts, you know, of sugar, sugar depletion in your thighs basically then creates an osmotic effect and takes the water from your blood into your thighs, which is why it feels fuller. But, but what it also does is trigger to your body that you've got less blood. And so your body will make more blood mm-hmm. because that's, you know, it needs more blood. Otherwise, as a species, you'll be extinct. And over time, obviously, you know, that uh, fullness in your thighs goes away. But um, it, it's, it's things like that, that it seemed quite simple and obvious, mm. but that's what works. It works and it causes the adaptations. Yeah. Amazing. So uh, I actually did the workout in my genes, which I, I'll come back to because I found that well, frankly, it wasn't the best idea on my part, but it still works. So people can do this wearing suits, right? If they really wanted to. You don't have time for that 45-minute jog. Frankly, who jogs anymore? You need something fast, efficient, and leaves you wanting more. My favorite tool for this, and I love it, is the Carol. She is a life-changing bike that provides you all the endurance you need in two 20-second bursts. Yes, you heard that correct. That's 40 seconds of max effort. Including the warm-up and cool-downs, you get a kick-ass workout in 8 minutes and 40 seconds. How? The Carol is a resistance bike powered by artificial intelligence, which personalizes and optimizes the resistance so you hit your maximum intensity levels and maximize glycogen depletion every single time. 
The proof is really in the pudding. Carroll's effectiveness was independently verified by the American Council on Exercise. I gave the Carol bike a spin at Health Optimization Summit in London this year, and she kicked my ass so much that I had to get one. Check out Carol at carolfitai.com. That's C-A-R-O-L-F-I-T-A-I.com. If you have limited time and want a kick-ass workout, which basically everyone that listens to this show does, use the code DECODING150 for a $150 discount. Head over to carolfitai.com to secure yours. Maybe, maybe we should explain why. Because, um, so, so the exertion, the reduced exertion, is so short that the amount of heat kind of, you know, through, through burning of calories that you create is actually such that your body temperature doesn't significantly increase. And that means you don't sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and that, that basically means you can do this kind of, you know, uh, in your morning coffee break in the afternoon. And we have, have one in the office. Oh yeah. 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 Of course we do. Yeah, and we, we, we do. have, um, so, I mean, I, I guess most of our bikes um, go to, to private individuals, yeah. uh, gyms, then that's the second group. But we have, we have quite a few bikes that go to offices. So we have law firms, investment funds. Banks. Airlines, for that matter. Yeah. Um, who kind of have this for their employees. So people who, I don't know, sit a lot at their desk, yeah. don't have a chance to, um, you know, kind of uh, have a lot of... Look, activity in their in their everyday lives um for them it's a incredibly effective um you know eight minutes 40 seconds that they can fit into their day and they can do it you know at work uh, because you you don't need a shower you don't sweat yeah mm-hmm. and i have to tell you boomer the people who the you know the ace research was conducted on and by the way the university of colorado continues to do research on carol and they have tested sedentary individuals to see whether a ride on carol will re- re- reverse the effects of sitting all day and guess what it does so it is a perfect antidote to the sedentary lifestyle that you know most of us have um and you can do it in your suit like ulrich said I literally, I'm not joking, I get up. I'm not like Ulrich, I can't get on the bike straight away, but I get up, I don't have a cold shower, I just have a normal shower, I get dressed, I do my ride, and I leave the house in my clothes. And hundreds of people do this. I mean, we just came back from Miami, Mm -hmm. and there was a great big show there, and loads and loads of guys were coming, and they're like, I'm going to sweat, I'm going to sweat, I'm going to sweat, and they come off going, I didn't sweat. It's like, I told you. (laughs) So It it was incredible. You know, in a couple of minutes, I wasn't sweating, but I knew I had a very good workout. So Mm -hmm. let's take a step back now to 35,000 feet or 10,000 meters for those who are more metric inclined. Uh, how would you describe the Carol bike to someone who is listening to this for the first time? Um, I would say that if you struggle to find the time to exercise, but know that you need to, or know that you want to exercise, then Carol will give you more benefits than any other option that you have with just 40 seconds of work. Those 40 seconds are extremely hard, but they have to be in order to be so short. 
and you will outperform on health measures and everything else compared to colleagues or friends or family who are doing longer workouts. So that's to the people who don't have time. To the people who do have time and who do enjoy their workouts, we'll say, Carol will improve whatever you're doing, guaranteed. Mm. Because we see people who come on the bikes, you know, we measure fitness levels, right? We have metrics that measure that. Mm -hmm. And they say, oh, I'm really fit. I do CrossFit five times a week and da-da-da-da-da. And then, you know, they... They get on the bike and then the reality is there for them. Yes, they're fit, but they could be fitter. So mm-hmm. A lot of them aren't even um, at the level of our um, average male or average female. And, you know, and you see our average men and women, you wouldn't think they're massive athletes, right? You wouldn't think that they're massive workout people, but they are. They have improved to a level. And so whatever it is that you're doing, you will guaranteed improve that, even mm-hmm. if you think you're doing really hard work. So that's it. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. But what I would add to that, <clears throat> Carol is fully automated, a consumer-friendly, safe, uh, adaptive, personalized version of the most effective cardiovascular workout. On the planet. So it's the minimum effective dose of cardiovascular exercise that that basically has lived in in university labs um, for for a while now and has fantastic evidence behind it, but that just didn't have a consumer friendly application. Yeah. So, and that's that's basically what we set out to do. So we we came across the the science and were really compelled and and kind of fascinated by the science, and then I just just couldn't believe that um, that didn't exist. Like there was nothing kind of uh, there to, to make this easy and accessible and, and basically take it out of a lab environment and um, make a real dent in, in, the, in the lives of real people. And um, so, so that's what Carol basically is. It's kind of like a very easy, highly adaptive, fully automated version. So there's no buttons, there's no knobs. You don't have to set um, Anything. Uh, the resistance. It's just like literally um, Carol takes care of all of that kind of like to, to, and helps you perform that um, kind of optimal exercise, that minimum effective exercise um, perfectly each time and then tells you kind of how you've done, how you're improving um, and so on. And so we're, we're really... And, tra- and trains you in subsequent. Yeah, exactly. So, so we're, we're kind of... Um, so our, our target market is, is literally, um, you know... Like the, the the masses, we want to be really mass market. Mm-hmm. We want to be, um, you know, we want to carol in in every place where people congregate, and we want to make a dent into, you know, what what is a public health crisis really, um, and and that's why we've set out to to develop Carol, and um, yeah, it works wonderfully for our our users. I think our key mission is now to 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 tell people about it and and really you know gain scale so we're making a difference. Amazing. Can we walk through a typical workout because there was a, when I hopped on the carol for instance there was an initial moment where you're just pedaling pedaling pedaling. If we take people through that typical workout and then where the the sprint kicks in and quote unquote kicks my ass. Um, do you mind walking through that? 
Yeah, of course. So uh, back to what we we were talking about earlier, you know, we try and simulate you being in the savannah. Uh, You're Mr. Caveman. And so in the first two minutes, you are just warming up, you're walking, you know, trying to find food, (laughs) listening to the crickets in the background. And by the way, we have all these... um, all these uh, sounds there and Carol was going to speak with you as well, talk to you about what's going on. And, um, and then, you know, a mindfulness breath pacer will come in because, you know, we've got you for eight minutes, 40 seconds. We might as well teach you how to breathe properly because by the time you're done, we want you to have had a mind and body workout. Uh-huh. So you, uh, you start to, you know, uh, breathe as a nervous system balancer, as longer exhale, shorter inhale. And just before the sprint comes in, You've got three seconds, sometimes two, sometimes one. Depends on how fast you can get into a sprint. But you have just seconds to build up your speed as much as you possibly can at very low resistance before the resistance that's applicable for you against which you will work kicks in in under a second. And the reason why these three seconds are absolutely vital is because if you don't build up the speed in these three seconds, you will not be able to exercise against the load that comes in at the beginning of the 20-second sprint. So once you've done that, the sprint, you know, the resistance comes in and you go against it. And by the <laughs> within five, six seconds, people are gasping for breath and us looking at the looking at the screen. And, you know, we, we say to people, don't look at the screen, just keep going. And Carol's, you know, encouraging you. You've got tigers chasing you in your ears. You've got African drum beats going, really encouraging you to go, go, go for it. And then you start to lose power and that's fine. We expect that. And by the end of 20 seconds, the resistance automatically goes off. You have three minutes in which to recover your breath, definitely. And also, we need you to go really slow. So it's very prescriptive, Boomer. Every single section is prescriptive. We told, we tell you the wattage to be going at. We'll tell you the RPMs to be going at. And if you're outside of those, Carol will tell you, you know, slow down, slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we want you to just, you know, get ready for a really good second sprint. And the same thing happens in the second sprint. And then the three minutes is when you cool down. Really, you want to bring your blood pressure back up um, in those last three minutes. And we have you cycling at a certain RPM. And then the, the breath pacer comes back in. So that by the time you're finished, you know, you really have a great mind and body workout. And then we ask you how you feel. Are you energized or tired? And then you save your ride. The ride, go, the data goes up to the cloud and, you know, comes back the analysis and tells you how you've done. On the screen, we'll tell you, what was your peak power, uh, what was your peak heart rate, and what your octane score is, which is essentially your power per heartbeat. And the theory is that the more power you, pre- the fitter you get, you'll produce more power with fewer heartbeats, right? Your every pump of your heart is going to be pushing out more oxygenated blood. Mm-hmm. And we see that. People improve that score, and that's our main metric, to be honest. Um, and then you go away, and obviously on your app, which is on your mobile phone or on the web, there's a lot more detail. You can literally study the rate at which you lost your power. You can see your total power, your percentage improvement, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's it. That's it. That's the main protocol. I do want to say, Boomer, that we have more than just the one protocol. We have, you know, fat burn as well, which is, again, 15 minutes long. So it's very short. 
But um, And you will sweat on that, but it's proven to lose nine times more fat than anything else. That's not to say that the main, you know, 20-second um, sprints doesn't help you lose fat. It does. But some people, you know, if they want to sweat, there it is for you. So that's it. And if I wanted to do a free ride, I can do that as well, right? You can do a free ride. You can do, you know, more, you can do energizer rides. So let's say you you don't feel up to it, but you just want a quick boost. You do 10 second sprints. You can also do longer fat burn sprints, which are, you know, only for the absolute insane. And we've only got one person (laughs) in, in our, in our, in our universe who does it. And he, presses energize at the end of it good god um but yeah those are 60 sprints and the way the way the fat burn works is that you have eight uh, seconds of of a sprint and then 12 second rest you do that either 30 times or 60 times um 30 times believe it or not is actually great at the end of it the endorphins are popping like crazy and um, we have some clients who do back-to-back intense and fat burn. They don't need to, but they just feel so energized. They want to do more, which they do, which is up to them. Um, and the fat burn is also linked to the main protocol. So as you're getting fitter and the resistance is changing, fat burn will always look to see what your latest setting is and discount it. Because, you know, if we had you doing 30 sprints at full resistance, it just would, you wouldn't be able to complete them. Um, and most people in the beginning, you know, don't make the 30 sprints, but by the fourth, fifth ride, they are doing it and it's great. Mm-hmm. On coming to adaptation now, because I think there are going to be people here that are going to say, Hey, you get the bike and then all of a sudden, you know, maybe over time, am I going to be adapted to the point where it's no longer effective? I'm sure you've received that question or it's just not, it's not continuing that progress. How does it continue your progress? So, um, very good question. And there is a slightly complex answer to that. First of all, on a population level, you've got variances in people's, you know, physiology and their ability to get fit. So 20% of the population is what's called uh, low responder or non-responders. I happen to be one of them, ironically. And then you've got 60% of the population that's moderate to good responders, and then you've got the 20% that are super responders. They'd be the super athletes, right? Mm-hmm. Most people, I mean, Ulrich, you I'm sure are in the, in the, in the 60%, probably towards the upper end of it. Um, so, and, and guess what? We can tell <laughs> by the data. We can tell by the power that you're producing. We can tell by the rate of improvement of your fitness score, whether you are, you know, a low, medium, mm-hmm or super responder. And we definitely have that spread in our database. Um, and we will, you will get to what we consider your genetic set point for fitness. You know, we're never going to keep improving, improving ad infinitum. That just doesn't work like that. Right. And when we see that your rate of improvement is, is diminishing or it's not improving, then we suspect that that's it, you know, and then we'll put you on a maintenance schedule and we say it's two times a week and that's enough. Mm-hmm. The bike is, sorry, the Carol is suggesting this to yeah. me as I'm sitting there looking at the display. It's saying, hey, you've reached, maybe it doesn't say like, hey, give up now, but it's more like, hey, go to two times a week. Do I have yeah. that right? Exactly. And it'll also be told on the app that, you know, it, it looks like you've reached a very good level for you. and You're probably not going to get more benefits if you continue to do it so many times, you know, so just go on a maintenance schedule one or one or two times a week, two times a week. And, um, 
and then it, we'll watch that. And if we feel like it's starting to drop, we'll say, hey, back on three, you know. <laughs> so it's a very precise trainer who's watching your performance the whole time and is guiding you. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe a word kind of what to expect. Um, kind of the, the level of improvement that um, has been <coughs> kind of proven and demonstrated in the lab um, is around a, a 12% uh, improvement in VO2 max. In eight weeks. In eight weeks. Um, and we, mar- uh, we mirror that, I mean, uh, so well. Um, and and so, so our fitness score has been designed to, to basically track VO2 max. Okay. It is a kind of a different metric, but it, it has been designed to track it. And we see... Um, across our, our user population, um, exactly that 12% improvement um, kind of over the first um, eight weeks. But, and, and most uh, kind of academic studies are done over, you know, sh- shorter periods of time. So you, you recruit a, a, a cohort of subjects and then you, you're like six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks. And then at some point you also let them go again and you want to publish your paper. Um, what we see is then, Kind of over the next ten to twelve weeks, we you you can, on average, uh, kind of expect the same gain again. So another, like ten to twelve percent improvement, and then kind of at some point it'll, um, you know, your your genetics and your 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 the the epigenetics kick in, kind of, and you, um, you know, some people I mean have phenomenal improvement and continue that, um, bearing in mind that not everybody will be. Um, what's oh, this Farah. guy's name? Oh, uh, Usain Bolt. Yeah, Usain Bolt, or the guy who just ran under two hours. Um, uh, uh, um, I can't pronounce his name, but the Kenyan yeah. gentleman. Uh, that was yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Phenomenal achievement. So not everybody will do that. Yeah, this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't want to give that impression. Um, but we we have we have. Um, and and the, I, I speak from personal experience. So I went way further than. I thought I would in terms of improvement for VO2 max. Um, so, so I did um, kind of genetic testing mm-hmm. um, with, with those uh, researchers we work with um, and, and who, who, who are quite um, advanced in predicting what's the level of improvement you should expect. Okay. And, and sure enough, I, so I was um, kind of classified based on, on the genetic analysis as a moderate responder Mm-hmm. They said, like, yeah, you can get something like 10 to 15% out. Um, but, and I, I did that in the first six weeks. Wow. But then it just continued. No, it just continued. And uh, I mean, maybe I was in really poor shape when I started, <laughs> but I got almost a 50% improvement out of my VO2 max over a six months period. And that is, that is a shocking um, improvement. And you, you could tell by the way you run with your kids, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's kind of like the, uh, in terms of additional energy and and um, you know what I get out of it is 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 fantastic. Um, yeah, so uh, I mean it, it went way beyond what I've expected. And what I'd like to say, Boomer, is that you know you might be thinking, and your listeners might be thinking, well, what the hell does ten percent mean? You know, well, a ten percent or eleven percent improvement means your risk of getting disease in future is drops by twenty percent, and that's significant. It's about as good as the improvement in your risk score would be if you gave up smoking. Wow. Okay. 
20% improvement drops your risk by 40%. Massively significant, right? So these are not insignificant numbers. Uh, from a public health perspective, from a personal health perspective, they are really, really important. And we track that. And we'll tell you, and even I've improved by 20%. Oh. Good God. Who oh. would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. And VO2 max when it comes to looking at longevity, just in general, and you mentioned a couple of the points there, but just it's been identified as one of those markers that yeah. is very highly correlated to longevity. So absolutely, it's amazing. Can we talk a little bit about how the artificial intelligence works? Because mm -hmm. that I find extremely intriguing and maybe <clears throat> we'll get into a little bit later as to why that that's important versus comparing it to like an assault bike ride. But oh, yeah. Ulrich or Ratna, do you mind talking about the... Yeah, yeah. No, we could both. Yeah. But I mean, Ulrich will talk about the AI because he's had a lot to do with it. He's developed all the algorithms. Um, and I can maybe say something about the assault bike. <laughs> <laughs> because I had people about talking to me about that uh, last sure, two days. Sure, sure. So one of the main features of the Carol bike is that um, she personalizes... Um, and adapts the resistance based on your performance in every single ride. Um, and that is basically, um, so in, 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 a lab, in, in a lab environment, um, kind of scientists have established um, kind of ranges of what resistance should be applied to um, a rider um, basically based on their weight, um, weight being a proxy for muscle mass. And because this has been kind of so well-researched, um, scientists know kind of, okay, if you're, if you're like whatever, 150 pounds, 180 pounds, um, kind of uh, your, your resistance should be between X and Y. Um, and the X and, between X and Y is is then the 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 lab technician or the the researcher applies a bit of judgment, looks at you up and down and says like okay he's he's more muscular build more athletic, um, I'll I'll go to the upper end end of that range, or um, I I leave it at the lower end of the range. Now we we can't see you yet. We we'll, we we will be able to uh, at some point, um, but so we kind of start you off at. In, in the middle of that range. So it's kind of very much um, kind of science driven and we, we apply the same kind of starting point that uh, researchers would do. But then we kind of adjust the resistance with every single ride. And we do that based on your rate of fatigue. So as you, and you, you will have seen that, so we, we track kind of your power profile over the ride so there's a you you reach your peak power very very early on and then you it just drops off. Nobody can hold that, and the rate at which you and that's that's called fatigue. Yeah, um, at the the rate at which you fatigue, um, having had the benefit of like uh, many thousands of riders by now and tens of thousands of rides, and and having analyzed that um, with advanced algorithms, we know kind of what an optimum should look like. And so based on your rate of fatigue, we make it um, kind of harder or, 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 or easier for that matter. And so find... Or no change. Uh, or, or no change if you're, if you're at the right uh, level right now. And so therefore we find kind of um, very quickly what's the, the right initial resistance. And as you, um, as you get fitter, um, we kind of basically the resistance gets adjusted with your uh, 
kind of increased um, ability. And so that's one of the key features where, where kind of the machine learning and the AI comes in. And then there's other features in, um, in for example, making the bike as precise as possible. So we use um, quite advanced algorithms to, to give you kind of uh, very precise feedback. Um, kind of one of the, or at least for me, one of the hooks of, of, of Carol is like it's almost like it's a contr- controlled experiment that you can do like two to three times a week. Mm-hmm. And um, because it's kind of, you, we, we measure your power, we measure your heart rate. We, based on that, we calculate your fitness score. You see kind of it's highly quantified. So you, you really see um, kind of how uh, you improve over time. And that gives you kind of very nice feedback. And you can, you know, beat yourself and you see, oh, I've improved that much. The other thing you can do is like we have leaderboards at various different levels and you can compete against others and you see kind of how do I do against, um, you know, kind of your, the, the colleagues in your office. So you can have like an office-based leaderboard or the people who work out in your gym or we have our global leaderboard. And, and I mean... friends leaderboard. Yeah, exactly. And there, there's, I mean, the global leaderboard, there, there's some very fit people at the top. Um, and <laughs> yeah, um, many of them own a fitness facility. <laughs> um, and, but, but that certainly gives like a very nice kick. Yeah. And so, there's other things too. So it's like, it's coming, like our product plan is extremely exciting over the next several years. Yeah. I mean, things like Carol will tell you when you come that you're too tired today, you should not be exercising because we would have on the spot, you know, re- analyzed mm. your HRV, for example. I was going to ask, is that an HRV measurement? Sounds like. Yeah, 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 mm. exactly. And, and other things we've got. It's, yeah. it's so really so our, our product roadmap and the, for me, it's like child in a candy store. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's, it's super exciting and where, where we want Carol to be, and that's kind of what we're working towards, that she's like your, your kind of AI-powered um, health coach who can give like really meaningful feedback, um, even answer questions yeah, um, about how you're improving. And so that's an ongoing kind of our main... Uh, product development investments is to to build out our software platform, and that's that's obviously a great thing. We have, the the bikes are all connected, um, and we, we have quite regular updates um, as we as we develop those new features. Um, and, and for example, HRV will will come very shortly, um, and so will Epoch. Yeah, exactly. We we push those out and kind of um, basically kind of make it a, a richer and richer. Um, you know, experience and product for um, for our users. Yeah, and on the epoch thing, Boomer is basically your afterburn because people. This is another question we get asked all the time: well, How many calories did we lose? And we say you don't. While you're doing the exercise, this is such a short time. You're not really, you know, spending the energy while you're exercising on Carol. But given the stress that Carol puts on your system, and the demands that she puts on uh, on your oxygen needs everything in your body basically gets put on hold in order to supply the oxygen that's required for you to run away from danger right but those processes have to be completed and that's what epoch is you and that requires energy it requires oxygen and um that's where the afterburn comes in because those processes have to be completed and we don't believe in anything that are that is generalized 
we don't believe in guesswork and we don't believe in anything that's not evidence-based. So we don't give you your calorie burn right now unlike other gym equipment will give you because those are nothing else than get pure guesswork. It's now, we work with- formulas, right? That's just, that's like, mm. yeah, it's not even based on you, right? No, and it's completely different for each person. So, you know, somebody will say, oh, you go into this yoga class and you'll burn 900 calories. I really, maybe I will burn less. Maybe you'll burn 2000. Who knows? I'm just saying that it's very, it's dependent on individuals. And that's what we're moving. We're moving towards individualized, maximized, most effective fitness. Um, So we've worked with the University of Colorado and they have measured EPOC on Carol and they've given us the data and we're just crunching through the numbers Mm. and beta testing things so that I hope in the next three to four months, we will be able mm. to release your calorie level, but it'll be personalized to you again, yeah. based on your performance and solid science. So EPOC stands for excess post-exercise oxygen consumption. So this is basically the afterburn mm. that um, kind of Carol is, is, is very short and um, kind of an, an anaerobic um, exercise. But then, kind of, to deal with the the aftermath, um, and and uh, you know all the 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 um, you know waste products that you've um, created, and um, to to basically then your, your metabolism works at a higher rate for um, like twenty four hours after the the exercise. So so while it's very short and you don't even sweat and you burn very ca- few calories while you're on the bike, you, you're kind of just your body is working at a different level for an extended period afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's soon to be released because we, we really want it to be fact and, and, and science-based rather than kind of just giving another piece of, of, of wishful thinking and guesswork. And I really appreciate that and that dedication to the individual is one of the things that I love about the Carol. Ratna, I'm sure you got a lot of questions about this from a bunch of fitness people in Miami. Why couldn't somebody do this with an assault bike? Yeah. And the first thing I say to them is, well, how do you use the assault bike? And they say, well, you know, I just get on there and, you know, we set a resistance and we, you know, use our arms and we use our legs and we basically uh, spend about 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it is. I'm like, okay, there is your answer. (laughs) First of all, that resistance is not personalized. It's self-guided by you. And I can guarantee that the resistance you'll choose for yourself will not be what you're capable of. I see it all the time. I see people come on and they work hard and they go, oh my God, that was really hard. And they'll want to stop like at 15 seconds in or earlier. And then you look at their trace and you see that they're not losing power fast enough. So it's a mental thing. They think that that's really hard and that's as fast as they can go. Whereas physically, the evidence is that they can go harder. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's the first thing. You just don't know what the right resistance is, which is why you have to go for longer. And, you know, if you're going to be using your arms and your legs, you're not optimizing the rapid glycogen depletion, which is primarily in your thighs, and you're not setting off the panic flight or, f- uh, or fright response that is uh, needed for the adaptations to occur. So, yeah, you will do the exercise on an assault bike or anything else. You can go do CrossFit, whatever. And these are all great, but they're all longer mm-hmm. and they're not personalized. And, and this is really kind of to stress. So, um Obviously, you can deplete your glycogen stores with other exercises. So, so one thing, um, if you if you go for forty five minutes to an hour running, 
you would achieve similar level of glycogen depletion in in your muscles. And that's uh, about 25 to 30%. That's that's kind of what you, you need to... Um, so that that's the, the required level of glycogen depletion. So you could achieve that with other exercises, but this um, uh, pathway that we've described with kind of first the AMPK release and then the PGC1-alpha release depends on the rapid glycogen depletion. Mm -hmm. So this is not just about um, burning a bunch of calories and, and kind of depleting your sugar stores in your muscle. It's also doing it as quickly as you can. Yeah? yeah. So it has to be um, maximum and very short, and that triggers it. Um, so if you were to, you know, do, I don't know, burpees and star jumps and, and run stairs up and down or so, um, Sure. I mean, it's, it's better than not doing exercise. Yeah, that's yeah. very clear. And that's like, I, I think the the other thing one one should, you know, say the when the American Council of Exercise compared the three times a week Carol against five times a week half an hour running, the the people who started from a sedentary lifestyle to to do half an hour running five times a week, they also saw improvements. They just didn't seem. As much. As much. Like we, yeah. we, we basically doubled it in every single dimension. So we, we don't want to tell people like... Don't exercise. Don't, don't exercise. exercise. It's, yeah. it's obviously much better to do something than nothing. Um, but if you want to get the, the biggest bang for the buck, it's about rapid glycogen depletion. And that's just not something... You can guess. Yeah, you can do. So, I mean, our... When we, when we first... Um, Kind of heard about this science, um, and we're so intrigued by it. We, we went out and and bought um, kind of you know very good but conventional exercise bikes and just tried to to repeat um, kind of the routine that's uh, that that the research is based on, and it it just didn't work. It's um, kind of because you you can't. Kind of like I mean, just imagine it. You 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 have to to get to your max. You need to kind of pedal at maximum, um, kind of very very fast, a really high cadence, and then rapidly under one second apply the precise resistance for you to reach your maximum. Mm -hmm. How are you going to do that? So in the lab before Carol existed, this this was basically a two person job. You had a subject and a lab technician. And the subject um, was on the bike, and the lab technician operated the bike. And that, that's still how, how it's um, kind of done in, in many, you know, sports science facilities. Um, but that's just not practical um, for, for for home use or, or in a gym. You don't always have somebody who... who that's where the AI comes in, um, machine who, learning. Who, who does it for you and, and kind of who controls it. And that's kind of where, where Carol comes in. It takes the guesswork out and it kind of just makes it very easy to execute and otherwise, um, you know, quite difficult to achieve maneuver. Yeah. And, and Boomer, you've got to just ask, if you could do it on any other exercise bike, why don't the scientists use any other exercise Fair bike? Point. Fair point. Yeah, they don't. They use highly specialized machines. And what you have in Carol is a highly specialized consumer version of the laboratory yeah, and that makes equipment. it just very easy. easy um it controls it for you it's highly quantified gives you the feedback so if you if you used an assault bike um you know i i imagine like if you if you were like um properly inducted by a uh sports scientist yeah you, you'll probably get some benefit but um 
you wouldn't have assurance that it's kind of optimized for you. You wouldn't get the, the, the feedback. You wouldn't be able to kind of to see your progress and and kind of be able to, um, you know, be on a leaderboard and compare yourself to others. So it's, it's better than sitting on the sofa for sure. But it's it's just not, you know, if you want if you want the the best solution, then. Well, we believe that we've got it. Yeah, but and also it's back to the need state, Boomer, right? It, it, there's nothing on the planet that'll get you fit in 40 seconds other than Carol, right? I love that. And that's it. If you don't have time it, and you find exercise boring and inconvenient, then you can do Carol and that's going to be the biggest bang for your buck. Or if you have the time and you like the exercise, go do a salt bike, you know, do something that's mediocre. Everything else is mediocre. 40 seconds, and people say, oh, it's the lazy person's exercise. Absolutely not, Boomer. It kicked your ass. Yeah. It kicked Dave Asprey's ass. And I'm it not kicked- a lazy person, so. <laughs> and you're not a lazy person. It kicks everybody's ass. So it's actually for the brave. And this is what I personally love. I see older ladies, older gentlemen mm-hmm. who don't identify as exercises and they don't do it for the same reasons as most people don't exercise time, blah, blah. They come, they do the ride, they feel great. And then suddenly their self-identification changes. And to me, that is so rewarding. So don't make no mistake. Carol is like a viper. (laughs) She's a, she's a chili pepper, a hot chili pepper. Absolutely. Uh, One more question before we go on to what I call the superhuman sex or the final rapid fire questions. Uh, The bike and the specific focus on the bike, is it due to the thighs or are we going to potentially see perhaps a rowing machine or even a Carol treadmill in the future? No, you will not. (laughs) Why? Because um, first of all, the bike is the safest way to administer Mm -hmm. this level of speed that we require and the intensity that we require. If you try to do that on a treadmill, we're going to fall off. Um, Yeah. And also it's just a bulky machine. It doesn't, you know, respond as quickly as you need it to. You need that resistance to come in under a second. You need it to go in under a second and you need it to do that multiple times. And you just need something that's highly reactive, which is a bike is better at that less heavy um and the second thing is that we want to target your thighs mm-hmm. that's where it all begins you, you deplete the glycogen there and that's the evolutionary signal for your body to change um you will not see us doing a treadmill you will probably not see us doing a rowing machine because um there's a great risk of injury again on the rowing machine because of the head tilting back and forth mm-hmm. and um yeah. You know, as a company, we don't think of ourselves as particularly, you know, a fitness company. We are, I'd say we're more of a lifestyle company. And if anything, you'll see us developing bars because once we've given you your time back, you can go out and have fun. Excellent. Can Carol bars. There we go. The Carol bar in your future. Let's transition to the superhuman six, which I want to start with just a question for both of you. How do you unwind? I don't. (laughs) And if I do, the odd time that I get to unwind, I love nothing more than binging out on Netflix. Okay. So, so there's obviously different things. I love spending time with my kids. That's wonderful. Um, At work, um, if I'm sometimes like a good spreadsheet and um, I I guess I'm more... uh, My God. (laughs) You're crazy. <laughs> You're talking to a spreadsheet person. So, <laughs> so I, I find that um, I, I did this throughout my career. Kind of whenever I had like too much 
I was like, okay, guys, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll be half an hour with some analysis or some spreadsheet and, and work some algorithms through. Um, I find that's um, very relaxing and, and also quite rewarding. Good lord, <laughs> I can't find it. I can't think of anything worse. Where's your favorite place for a vacation? Uh, so, um, it's time with family. So, um, my wife's Spanish. Um, I'm German. We live in London. Um, so, kind of. For us, then the the nicest thing is just to be in the summer and and, and around Christmas with family, and that's what that's what we do. It's, it's just the, I, I guess the 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 our, our first call and also what we enjoy most. For me, it's Mauritius and a re- <laughs> and a resort called the Prince Maurice. It is just pure heaven, and it's got its own little bay, white sand. There's no wind because in Mauritius you have to be careful where you, you could get too much wind. It's just magical, and it's small, it's intimate, it's glorious. Favorite tool that you've used to enhance your productivity? Um, for me to enhance my productivity. <laughs> Uh, I think, okay, it is something that I've used in the past and I go on and off. And when I do use it religiously, my productivity shoots through the roof. It's the Franklin Planner, Frank, Franklin Covey Planner system, mm-hmm. where you, you know, define your priorities and you, nem- you know, A1, A2, A3, and you, um, you, you have no more than five priorities in a day. And it's also a brilliant way to keep your notes and organize your notes. And when I do it correctly, it's phenomenal. But I don't always have the discipline to do it correctly. <laughs> okay. So, so they're completely different answers. I think uh, my, my most recent um, best way to improve productivity, I don't know whether you call it a tool, but like intermittent fasting and um, kind of more like a low-carb diet, I think it's um, helped me a lot. So, so I... Um, Basically, just have um, like the buttered coffee for breakfast, but, but stereotypical almost. But it 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 works a treat for me. Um, and then um, kind of more fat based um, lunch, and I, I find that keeps me um, productive and high energy much longer. So before I started that, I, I always had this massive mid afternoon slump. Uh, where I just wanted to sleep, and I, I don't have that anymore. And um, so I find both for productivity, energy levels, and and weight management, for that matter. I mean, um, uh, is intermittent fasting is I don't know whether you can call it a tool, but just a, a an amazing method to to actually increase your productivity. Beautiful uh, favorite piece of technology which you've purchased in the past year. In the past year, maybe. So we're, we're doing here a lot of product placement. We, we don't get a kickback. I, I do love the Aura Ring. Um, and kind of just to give some discipline around sleep. Um, so that's that's another thing. Um, I, think it's, it's, I think it's just massively important. It's so obviously important. But um, kind of having, having the feedback and the quantification, and that's similar... Kind of, I guess we're operating there in a similar space. Um, kind of just, you know, introduces a little bit more incentive and accountability um, towards yourself um, to to kind of have. I, I think in my case, I have to say better sleep hygiene. So it's it's, it's kind of just to, to um, at least kind of stay at an acceptable level of of sleep, but not. Um, 
you know. <laughs> for me, it's a kitchen gadget and it's called a Thermomix. It's a German invention. It's amazing. It does everything. It chops, it sautés, it cooks, it measures, and it makes the best chicken curry <laughs> outside of my mother's house. Beautiful. And that's saying something because my mom's the best cook on the planet. And mm-hmm. it makes an incredible chicken curry. It takes 20 minutes. So that's my favorite. It's a time saver. Good. Book that has most impacted your life and how you show up to perform in it. So a, a recent book, um, Steven Pinker, um, The Better Angels of Our Nature. Um, it's, it's a history of um, violence and conflict in... In, 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 you know, uh, human life, but also kind of like it goes beyond that and over time. Um, and I, I, I just love it. I've read it like two or three times uh, because I think it, it puts kind of all the bad news that we get, uh, so much of every day into, into fantastic context and how, um, kind of gives a really positive outlook. I think how how it's 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 just a misconception. I think that everything's going to shit, but that um, given from where we've come from, and um, you know, while while the the cavemen work out maybe the right thing, um, our, our lives have massively improved with technology, with with kind of all the things we benefit from, and and so that's 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 a very positive book for me. For me, I, I wouldn't say it's something that I re- read recently. It's something that keeps coming up to me all the time. Uh, it's the it's the Gita. It's the Hindu, you know, uh, the Bible equivalent. Yeah, it's and it, you know it's heavy going and it's repetitive in many ways. But the essence of it is very very simple. And you know, being an entrepreneur, doing something crazy like Carol has its moments. And, and, you know, I, I have to go back and to the Gita and it kind of keeps me on an even keel because it just reminds me that, you know, this isn't all there is to the world. There is a soul and you have to be present and intention and just do the best that you can do and be karmically correct. And I try to live my life being karmically correct at all times I tried the intention and letting go of the results uh, attachment. Doesn't always work. (laughs) I tried to do the present moment. Doesn't always work. But the karmically correct thing is something that I constantly strive to do because, you know, your soul will evolve and your soul will come back. And if you want a better life, better be good now. Excellent. Now we've gone through a lot about the Carol and you guys know I'm super excited about the Carol. Where can people find out more about it if they want to maybe look you guys up, look up the Carol, buy a Carol? Where can they find it? Well, in London, you come to Harvey Nichols, which is an amazing store. It's in Knightsbridge. We're on the fourth floor. We've got a gorgeous showroom there. Come over and check us out. It's open from 10 till 8 every day, except Sunday when it closes at 6. Um, Or you can come to our offices in Kensington and check us out. We have a showroom there as well. Go to the website, www.carolfitai.com. Check check us out. You can buy the product online as well. And I think Boomer will give a discount code to you a little bit later for your listeners. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, across uh, America, 
us, our bike or our technology is in many high-end gyms. And those are places where you won't find a treadmill or a regular piece of equipment. It's all you know about efficiency and technology. And we've got hundreds of them across the United mm. States. And so if you just email us to say, or we'll probably have a map yeah, up yeah, yeah. soon. There's a map on the website, yeah. um, on the Contact Us page where you can see, um, I think 50 locations are, are listed there at the moment and it's growing um, all the time where you can go and... Um, and check it out. Yeah, exactly. Take it for a spin. <laughs> Take Carol for a for spin. <laughs> for a ride, yeah. Carol on a date. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's and that's it. why she's called Carol, you know? It's, there's, a, there's a whole personality around Carol. She's flirty and witty and, uh, you know, that's slightly cool. nerdy. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you guys so much for taking the time today. This has been an incredible experience learning more. And I may have to put a stake in the ground in Amsterdam here and get a carol in the Netherlands. But I, I love this. This is amazing. Thank you, guys. Well, you're very kind, Boomer. And thank you. We love you. And of course, we'll get a carol over to you when you uh, want to buy one. Absolutely. The show notes for this one are at decodingsuperhuman.com slash carol. That's C-A-R-O-L. Ratna, Ulrich, thank you so much for taking the time. All right, superhumans. What if I told you that the Carol is now my predominant source of high-intensity interval training? I'm excited about it. It saves me a hell of a lot of time. And if you want to go out and get yours, yes, I sprinkled the discount code in the middle of the episode, but if you want to go out and get yours... Go to carolfitai.com and use the code DECODING150. You'll get a pretty steep discount, which is pretty amazing of Ratna and Ulrich for giving it to you guys. I enjoyed this episode. I learned a lot. Reduced exertion, high-intensity interval training has saved me so much time. So check out the show notes for this one at decodingsuperhuman.com slash carol. And if you enjoyed the show, head over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review because those things help out a lot. Or share it with a friend. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Instagram. Share it on whatever social media platform you're on and tag Decoding Superhuman. Thank you guys for listening and have an epic day.